0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ready? Yep. Let's go. Let's laugh. We are imperfect after all. Okay. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Us Podcast. I'm Leanne Camilleri. And I'm Lisa Downs. As hosts of the Imperfect Us Podcast, we share relatable stories that celebrate we are all perfectly imperfect humans leading perfectly imperfect lives. We discover practical and evidence-based strategies that draw on the science of well-being and positive psychology that help us to uncover the barriers that might hold us back from being our authentic selves and turn them into opportunities so that we can show up more consistently doing what we really aspire to do and who we want to be.
1: We acknowledge the Wadarung and the Kaurna people as traditional custodians of the beautiful lands on which this podcast is being recorded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and extend this respect to other First Nations people who are here with us today. So let's get started.
0: Hello everyone and welcome. In today's episode, we are speaking with Celeste Lipton-Miller and Louis Aluro to uncover how kindness can change lives for a better world. This dynamic duo have co-authored the Live Kind, Be Happy book that teaches others how simple kindness practices can improve every aspect of their lives and ultimately be world-changing. Celeste is a psychotherapist who knows about the transformational power of kindness. Celeste is passionate about helping other people become their happiest and the most loving selves through training and workshops regarding mindfulness and well-being for individuals and organizations. Lewis is a social entrepreneur creating and facilitating evidence-based learning experiences for teams and to help them to dig deeper and reach higher. He is the co-creator of the Wellbeing Lab and the Change Lab a Senior Fellow at the Centre of Advancement of Wellbeing at George Mason University and a PhD student at the Antioch University, where he studies systems-informed positive psychology interventions that create wellbeing and change in equitable and innovative ways. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome Celeste and Lewis. It's so exciting to see you and we are really grateful for you to be a part of our podcast today and really happy to be talking to you about your new book, Live Kind and Be Happy. So you're ready to dive on in? Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. We would really love you to share a little bit about what inspired you to create the Live Kind and Be Happy book.
2: All right. So picture it. San Francisco, 2017. I was calling together a cohort of our Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology program. And Celeste, a psychotherapist, was not new to positive psychology at all, though she, she saw that we were teaching this class up in San Francisco. And Celeste, I don't know if you know the geography of California, but Celeste lives in Southern California and San Francisco is up in Northern California. So it was no small feat for her to get there every weekend for six months to take this, one weekend a month for six months to take this course. And I remember meeting Celeste on on day one and I was just immediately intrigued by her background and her her story of being called to this work and that she as a psychotherapist felt like the model was in need of revision of how we how we help people attend to their their lives in more healthy and and holistic ways. So I just immediately fell in love with Celeste as a practitioner and as a um, kind human being, for lack of a better term, who added so much rich depth to our, our cohort. And 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 Celeste had already been writing books. So that's how, I'll just pass it over to Celeste. But one of the things that I, I remember of her is that she showed me some of the books that she had been working on. I think Celeste, one was a children's book, if I remember correctly, yeah. with the passion for this content and a passion for communicating this content in, in accessible ways for people. So our journey went and took some twists and turns for how we ended up at this book, but I'll, I'll let Celeste take it from here.
3: Thank you, Lewis. That was so kind of you, all those kind things about me. And it's right back to you, Lewis, When I first met him, I was like, wow, he's just On the ball and he was also so kind and he really cared about what he did and so i was very drawn to him so at the end of our class i asked him if he wanted to work with me on a book and so we started working on a book on positive psychology for mental health professionals Mm -hmm. and so i asked him to work on this book but then in the middle of doing this we had been doing this for a while I turned 50 and had a midlife crisis. <laughs> going oh my gosh. My life is more than half over and what have I done with my life? And I really decided I wanted to live with more intention going forward. And how I decided to do that was I decided to start purposefully practicing kindness. This was important to me because kindness had always been one of my most cherished values. It was my strongest strength, but I still didn't always live as if it were. Life just kind of got in the way of being as kind as I wanted to be. So, the way I practice is I set up one small kindness challenge for myself every week. So, for example, on a Monday, I might say, Okay, Celeste, This week, you were going to do at least one random act of kindness every day. And then the next week, I would do another kindness challenge and so on. These challenges did not take a lot of time or energy out of my week, but they made a huge impact. see the impact I was having on people around me. It was making people happier, making people smile. And I could feel the impact on me. I was feeling excited about life again. And I just thought, this this is what I want to be writing about. And despite the fact that I asked Lewis to write this other book with me, I just knew that I had to let that go and work on this so I approached Lewis, I'm like, Lewis, this is where my heart is. I really want to be writing about kindness. And he was lovely. He's like, Celeste, if that is where your heart is, you need to follow your heart, and I will support you in whatever way that I can, and let's do this. And so that's how we brought about Live Kind, Be Happy, how simple science-based kindness practices can make you happier. So... That's that beautiful so story
0: yeah. yeah I really love that's... that you experimented as well with those practices I like did. a researcher and a scientist really with that beautiful beginner's mind and what is it like and then noticing it yourself I think that's just so rich and why some of those things in your book the practices are really beneficial for others thank yeah. you yeah
1: Lewis, could you share with us some of the positive changes that we might expect when practicing kindness for ourselves and others and and how it might make us happier?
2: Well, surely. I mean, Celeste's story right here, I think is 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 better tribute than any any scientific study really, yeah. in realizing the the benefits of kindness in terms of feeling better. So one, immediate impact of kindness is improving one's mood. And certainly someone facing a midlife crisis or a quarter-life challenge or a late-life challenge, I mean, this could be a really simple and easy way to improve our mood, lessen cortisol, and decrease our blood pressure really has an impact on our stress levels, kindness, reducing stress levels. And certainly in the practicing of kindness, as a practitioner of kindness, right, that when we draw up empathy and compassion for other people, it could also have an impact on our own self-esteem and sense of self. So I love that kindness is kind of that both and, good for the giver, the practitioner, good for the receiver, good for the onlooker, the studies of pro-social behavior even that show that people who observe a kind act actually benefit and just the observation have no participation necessarily in, in, the, in the act, but just by observing could have a benefit in the mood and even the willingness of that person to pay it forward. So good for the giver, good for the receiver, good for the onlooker, good for the world. Kindness has so many beautiful values that can help us Be happier in terms of fulfillment, happier in terms of meaning and belonging even in in our community. So all sorts of good benefits of kindness.
1: It's like a contagion effect. It's a win-win for all. And I know myself when I see others being kind, I receive kindness or I am kind to others. It just lights you up
3: kindness really does light you up and it gives you that feel good feeling. And that feel good feeling comes from those feel good hormones like serotonin and oxytocin that you experience when you do an act of kindness. They not only make you feel good, they are good for you. They have actually shown to improve your health. So they are considered cardioprotective, which means they're good for your heart, your cardiovascular system. They are good for your immune system. They help you to get over illness faster, to get sick less often. They even help you decrease chronic pain. So kindness is powerful. We think of it as kind of this fluffy thing, but it's really, A very powerful thing to do for yourself and for others in the world. So I it's just such a powerful way to change yourself in the world. I love it.
0: Yeah, kindness is really one of the best strengths I think that we can have. I know for myself and Leanne gets probably a bit tired of me saying this, but I know I use a a lot of kindness in our schools and particularly with young students, talking about when they're trying to self-regulate or they're trying to have a social communication with others, but having a kind conversation changes the lens. So when they're trying to be, if they're frustrated, for example, rather than shouting and carrying on with them, how might you say that in a kind way? And that it just they don't even have to really think for very long. They just, just say in kind conversation, how can you say it in a kind way? All of a sudden they just say, oh, I'm really frustrated. Can you just please move aside? Or it's just such a powerful, powerful tool just even the the word kindness is what we're Mm. seeing in schools
2: (gasps) love that I love that it reminds me too I I don't know about around the world but I know in the U.S. we've had a a movement in the past 20 years for with anti-bullying programs that bring Mm -hmm. bullying back to the forefront actually when you talk about it as anti-bullying but you could Frame it as being kind and perhaps get at the same outcomes, the ones that you're suggesting here, Lisa, in terms of how we communicate to each other, how we communicate to ourselves, our needs, our wants, our requests. And just talking about it in the positive opposite of bullying, kindness comes right to the forefront. And I think having that conversation in schools and in workplaces alike is so much what is needed right now.
3: Yeah, and you, you guys talking about kindness in schools, which is beautiful. But another really powerful thing for kindness with kids is that they have done research showing that if you take kids, even like socially anxious kids, and have them practice kindness over a period of time, they actually make more friends and they become happier. So it's really powerful for kids to. Learn to practice kindness, and and it's good. For, I mean, it helps adults make friends too. We, we all love people. That's what we look for in our romantic partners and our friendships. So kindness really does help us to make friends and and people like that.
0: So, it yeah. actually also adds to us thinking of that, Celeste. In schools, we have finding that the students are actually going home and using the language and actually teaching parents a little bit about communicating with kindness at home and I've had many many emails and conversations with parents so that's really influential and probably something that's not studied but something that is you know qualitative data which is fantastic so yeah Yeah. good to see and research perhaps
3: Beautiful. We're
0: really curious to discover some of your favorite kindness practices in the Live Kind and Be Happy book that might be life-changing and world-changing for our listeners today. Sure,
3: I'll jump on on this one. I love every practice in Mm -hmm. art, but if I'm going to pick one to share with you guys right now, I am going to say um, to step up your generosity and one simple way that you can do this is you can set an intention to be more generous than you typically are for a week. So you just say, okay, this week I am going to practice being more generous than I typically am. Write that down on a sticky note, put it on your bathroom mirror or someplace where you're going to see it, and then just look for opportunities to be more generous generous. You might give a more generous tip than you typically give. You might say yes at the supermarket when they ask if you want to donate to some cause they're collecting money for. You might give $5 to an unhoused person. You might donate to your favorite charity. You might even just give the bigger slice of cake to the other person. little (laughs) Even if they don't realize that they're getting the bigger piece of cake, you will know. And it's a way to step your generosity. And I love this practice because it's powerful. It teaches us the power of generosity because most of us believe that happiness comes from getting good things and keeping good things for ourselves. But the research shows that actually when we give good things away, it makes us happier than when we keep them for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's why we need a practice like this to experiment and try out and see what it feels like to be generous. And once we do this practice and we see, wow, yeah, this really does make me happy, then we are gonna be more likely to just naturally be more generous going forward.
0: So. Oh, I really love that. And I think it's such a simple thing to do in other ways. So it doesn't have to be through money or so forth, but many acts of generosity to help others and support them. And you do, you see the light on their face. As soon as that happens, they're so surprised and they're just not used to it. So how wonderful would that be being the norm?
1: It's ah. such a simple practice, but with such an impact, not just feeling better about things, feeling the impact for our total well-being as well
0: absolutely yeah and Lewis, did you you have a special one
2: well i was just going to comment on that just for a minute because it reminds me of one of my teachers who says we're all of it we're all generous and we're all stingy we're all kind and we're all cruel like Mm -hmm. the reason that we understand these concepts is because we understand what they aren't too right we understand what cruelness is and we could all and some ways be cruel, just like we can all in some ways be kind. We can all in some ways be generous, just like we can all in some ways be stingy. Mm-hmm. So that well-being is one of these kind of holistic ideas that it's all of it combined, right? Where yeah. I think kindness and practices around kindness is just part part of that mm-hmm. parcel. One of my favorites and that we highlight in the book is is very simple. And it's, it's, it's not nothing that we or any modern researcher has can claim as their own, which is a loving-kindness meditation, a meta-meditation, right, that starts in a very internal way of introspection and kind of going inward. Sometimes we think of kindness a lot about going outwards and doing things and being out in the world, but this is something that you do on your own meditation cushion, and it has such a profound effect. It's stood the test of time through centuries, this meta-meditation. It's a meditation that I love. Our researcher friend Barb Fredrickson uses in some of her workplace interventions that shows people who employ this practice can increase our own vagal tone. A, a way of indicating physical well being is by vagal tone. So, meta meditation, this kind of loving kindness practice, is one of my favorites. It's super simple and it always leaves me after 15 minutes just feeling that lit up feeling of. Wow, I didn't do anything overtly outward, yet I know that what I just did has profound impact on me and all of the people that I bring that loving kindness awareness to through the practice. Celeste, I know it's one of your faves too, so anything else you want to say about that one?
3: Yeah, I love loving kindness. I love loving kindness meditation and also loving kindness in everyday life. And loving kindness in everyday life is so simple. All you do is you come up with a phrase such as I wish for you to be happy. And then as you're going about your day, you just simply silently send this wish to whoever you encounter throughout your day. So you're on a walk. You silently send every person on the walk, I wish for you to be happy. I mean, you can say hi to them too outwardly, but (laughs) for sending them this message. Or like you're standing in line at the grocery store. Each person in line, one at a time, you send them the wish, I wish for you to be happy. And this is one of those practices that, before i tried it i'm like well how can this possibly have any benefit it's so simple but it really does and there is research that shows that loving kindness practice reduces your self critical thoughts mm-hmm. it reduces your judgments of others it increases your self compassion it increases your compassion for others so it actually it primes you to be happy, to be kinder. So it trains your mind to be kinder. And then that can actually express out in the world as well. It's powerful. I I love that practice. So (laughs) another way that I tend to use loving kindness, I use it when I'm angry with someone. Mm -hmm. You want to, when you send loving kindness, you don't want to just send it to people. You like and think positively of, you want to send it to everyone, no matter how you feel towards that person. So when I feel angry with somebody, I actually sit down and I send them loving kindness and it actually sends my feelings of anger. So it's a really powerful way to help us connect better with people, even those we might it's with your boss. It's hard to be angry with your boss if you have to go to work. So this is a way you can soften that feeling and have more connection with that person
1: so, such a wonderful way of being speaking of bosses <laughs> how, how might we amplify
2: kindness and happiness in our workplaces along with our communities That's a really great question. How do we cultivate more kindness in our workplaces? How do we have kind conversations with our colleagues? I love Brene Brown's adage that clear is kind. Being clear with each other is kind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true, especially in the work that I'm doing these days in leadership development and, and organizational team kinds of building, teaching people how to Give feedback that is clear and kind at the same time. All systems rely on feedback for optimal functioning, whether that's the, the heating in your house or the, the, the natural system, the garden in your backyard, right? Is there too much sunlight? Not enough sunlight. Too much water? Not enough water. The same is true for social systems. We need feedback to, to be able to, to optimize how we be together. And so one way that we could be more kind in our workplaces is to develop a feedback culture, more of a feedback culture that makes it just how we do things around here. We, we value feedback and it doesn't just come from the boss to the team. It goes from the team member to team member, team member to boss. It goes in all directions. And when people can use familiar and similar language the one that I work with a lot is situation behavior impact and way forward if we could be very situational and behavioral in the types of feedback we're giving positive or negative right we can say Celeste yesterday in the team meeting when you said that idea could never could never be possible it made me feel disappointed and sad that that would be how you would meet my idea and in the future I just request that you be more mindful in, in your words because it really st- struck me and it stuck with me 24 hours later I'm giving you this feedback now because I value our relationship and I know that that you love ideas so maybe you can explain to me what was going on for you in that moment and then toss the ball back to Celeste and invite her into a, a dialogue but I was clear, right? And I didn't say two months ago in that meeting. No, it was yesterday during that time, right? When you said something very specific, right? It made me feel it had this impact on me. And I'm telling you now, because I value our our, our collegial relationship, and I just wanted to request that in the future, you be, be more mindful of your words, right? So I'm not withholding that communication because that can become really toxic for me physically. And it's also toxic for the team when we're withholding or expressing ourselves to each other. And it could just be conversational. And I think, I know that was a long way of answering your question, Leanne, how can we be more kind at work? We could We could be more self-expressed and we can communicate more clearly because clear is kind.
1: I love that, Lewis, because it keeps the airways open. In workplaces, if we are nervous about hurting someone else's feelings or we're holding something inside and it's just stewing and stewing and stewing. It's building a toxicity. Whereas if we're empowered with a strategy to address it with kindness, then we're empowered to have more kind interactions and we're we're more productive because we're all working on positive emotion. We're treating each other better and we have that understanding of where we stand in our working relationship.
3: Mm. So I just wanted to say something on this too. And I think what everybody's talking about here about the honest communication, but doing it in a manner where you're, you're expressing yourself without judging the other person is so important because it's not only important for the person expressing the challenge they have, but it's important for the other person too, because Christine Porath, uh, she's a researcher who sees in civility she talks about rudeness is in the eye of the beholder and many of us are not aware when we're doing something that is rude or hurtful to others most of us are just clueless we don't we don't realize and so when somebody has this honest conversation with us and says hey that hurt me it helps that person to recognize oh okay and and to repair that relationship with the person and to make sure that doesn't things don't deteriorate and I just think that it's it takes a bit of like courage to make those have those conversations but I think they're so important I'm really glad that you brought that up Lewis thank you Mm,
0: so that's fantastic based on our conversations today and you both might like to jump in on this one do you guys have a or other than your own book of Live Kind and Be Happy, a podcast or a TED Talk that you could share with us or any other resource that you think might help us to amplify kindness a little bit more. One of
3: the important aspects of kindness that we haven't talked about yet is self-kindness. Ourselves deserve our love and affection just as much as anyone else. And Lewis and I do have a chapter in Live Kind, Be Happy on self-kindness. But if self-kindness is something challenging for you, and most of us, it's pretty challenging. We we tend to find it easier to be kind to others and to ourselves. And often we are even actively unkind to ourselves. So if that is especially challenging for you, then I recommend the book Self-Compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. She really gives you lots of very helpful ways to have compassion for yourself to treat yourself like a good friend. And it's a really powerful book. She also has a program that you can go through to learn these practices. And I went through that program and I loved it. It was really,
0: really powerful. So, so yeah, that's one that I recommend. They're fantastic resources. And we'll definitely put those into the show notes.
2: I love the resources at the Greater Good Science Center. I don't know if you all are familiar with those, but they have some really great resources on all sorts of important topics related to our quality of life and well-being, including kindness. So that you'll you'll see some special resources there. And I'll also just give a shout out to my friend Paula Phelps' podcast, The Live Happy Pod, because I think they do a good job of, of bringing together practitioners and scholars and and kind of cultivating the, the 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 resources that can help people live happy, which is a topic of importance in our world today, as you see the the numbers of people people suffering, right? The amount of even refugees in our world increasingly fleeing from their homes because they're not happy there. And so I think that the topic couldn't be of more importance. I know for those of us who study and teach positive psychology, we have a special calling to that. And part of what I've always been interested in in the past 15 years of doing this work is how how to democratize the science of happiness, how to bring it to as many people as possible in as many places and, and yeah. formats as possible, because people are really hungry. And I think increasingly so on this side of the pandemic, where loneliness kind of skyrocketed and mm-hmm. other mental health challenges that may have been lingering before the pandemic, but certainly more present yeah. through it. Okay yeah absolutely
1: if people want to reach out to you or find out more about the work that you're both doing what's the best way that they can get in contact with you both
2: i mean i always love to receive flowers in the mail (laughs) you know if people want to send a bouquet or or (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) put that down right away
2: i think my preferred social media these days, I think is LinkedIn because it it remains a bit more agnostic and it's kind of what people are sharing. I think people can reach us on email easily. And Celeste and I are actually planning some events for World Kindness Week, which is that mm-hmm. November 7th through 12th. So okay. be on the lookout across our social media platforms uh, and we'll share with you you too as well so that maybe you could you can include it out with the show notes That'd
3: be
1: oh, really we'd love amazing. you to do that and we would love to support you that would be wonderful
3: oh thank you thank you and, and so i i have a website it's just my name celestemilla.com and i actually have a lot of really cool freebies on my website so a happiness starter kit that's beautifully designed that you can download for free and some other freebies and then also I can be reached by email at celeste at I'm pretty simple. I, I'm actually not big on the social media scene, which is probably the best thing for somebody
0: in this field, but that's who I am and I own it. <laughs> You're probably just doing too many acts of kindness all the time and don't have time, <laughs> which is perfect. Who has time? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Now, I know we've just talked a little bit about self care strategies or self compassion strategies, but we have asked all of our guests so far. And we just wanted to know have you got a favorite self compassion or self care strategy that you are drawing on now from your own well being toolkit? And what is it? And just for our listeners, especially today. Yeah.
3: Well, I think self care is so important. We need it for our own kindness and well being. And I have several self-care practices that I do, but based on our conversation today, I'm gonna share the most unique one that I do that most think of as a self-care practice, and that is practicing kindness. Now, we don't think of this as self-care, but just hear me out. When you do an act of kindness, Your body produces feel-good hormones such as serotonin, oxytocin, makes you feel good. Those feel-good hormones don't just make you feel good, they are good for you. They are good for your heart, they're good for your immunity, they reduce chronic pain, and they also reduce our stress and anxiety levels. So that's powerful. Plus, when you do an act of kindness for someone, like send Louis a plant, for example, you are strengthening your relationship with that person. And relationships are one of the most powerful things that we can do for our own well being. Mm -hmm. I don't know what more you want from a self care practice than that. But in my opinion, kindness is really one of the most powerful self care practices that you can do. Absolutely. Thank you. That's
1: for that. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That, thank you so much. Lewis, you don't get out of this scot free. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you as well.
2: My self-care practices are my keystone habits, the ones without which everything else is off. And so for me, like most people, that has to do with my, my eating, my moving and my sleeping. And so I'll share with you three different strategies, one for each of those pillars. For eating, I love to cook. And so being home when I'm not traveling, I love to go to the farmer's market down the street and just bring home fresh things to to prepare. I find that cooking fulfills my need for eating, which is very important to me, but also creativity Mm -hmm. and putting together different things in new ways. I have fresh basil downstairs and some pesto in my future tonight. Mm -hmm. So so cooking for exercising, what I what I've noticed about myself over the the years is that I love to to do interval trainings and all, all different types of exercise. But I find that when I don't have any weight training in my life, when I'm not pulling pushing up any weight then my my psychology tends to suffer. So I've learned through the years that yes, I love to, to run and, and row and bike. And when those aren't complemented with some weight training, then, then my well-being is off. And for sleep, there's nothing like our own bed, right? And I do give myself at least eight hours a night because I know how important that is without enough sleep, everything else is going to be off. So so many people are running and doing and going and, and neglecting the rest and recovery component of well-being. And I think that for me, being in my own bed and having a, a good eight hours of sleep does it for me. So I'm, I am not ashamed to say that lights are out pretty early for me because I'm a morning person. I like to get up early.
0: Now oh, that's good. I need eight hours too. And I know if I haven't had eight hours, I'm definitely not my best.
1: Lewis and Celeste, thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today. We are so grateful.
2: Thank you. We love being here and we love sharing our book and we love spreading the message of kindness.
0: And I'm going to be sharing a lot of the strategies with our kids at school and also some of our teachers as well. So I might also do it on some social media because they are so amazing. And I love the science that you put in there as well. They're so practical and so exciting. So thank you again. And we hope that you have the most wonderful day and lots of kind things come your way today too. Thank you
3: guys so much. It's been a pleasure. You guys are just doing wonderful work and I'm so thankful that we were able to be a part of that.
0: Oh, you're most welcome. It's our pleasure. How beautiful are they? What a great conversation. Uh
3: I
1: feel energised.
0: I know, my bucket is filled with kindness. And it's funny, the word kindness in itself already sparks something for me that I just feel, it's just, it's not hard to be kind. And the impact
1: is massive. That's right. Uh, Lewis mentioned clear is kind. I couldn't agree more. I think when we dance around things, we can make it feel more uncomfortable for ourselves. Uh, and others the situation can get out of hand. So if we have that wonderful strategy, the SBIW, what
0: was it? Situation, Situation, behavior, behavior, impact and a way forward. I love that because it
1: gives you a strategy to approach those, what might feel like difficult conversations, but having that strategy really helps you to have a way to express how you're feeling in a kind way
0: definitely and I think what I love especially in their book that their book is not just about kindness strategies and then it's not fluffy it's highlighting that there is a lot of research and science behind even neuroscience and kindness isn't just like a fluffy thing it actually has a big Mm. impact when we practice kindness interventions it can make us thrive in our life and others and the impact is not just about ourselves when we do something the impact is on others or if someone actually witnesses that like it's the beneficial effect is huge i I just love that
1: there's so much have a have a great day okay bye for now And thank you for listening to the Imperfect Us podcast. As always, we are extremely grateful to our executive producer, Brenton Ainsworth, for helping us to put this episode together. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you care about and we would be grateful if you could rate this podcast on iTunes. To continue the conversation and see what we're up to, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Just search for Imperfect Us. Bye for now.